Amen. I'm not sure that I can remember a time that we have more opportunities to serve as people of God in the kingdom than ever before. I'm not sure that we li- we've lived in days, at least I can't remember, of living in days when there's more potential for serious transformational ministry than we have today and in the days to come. We do face difficult, uncertain times, no question about it. As a matter of fact, some say our country, our economic system, and some even say our very way of life is teetering on the brink. It may be true. Only time will tell. Are you ready, brothers and sisters, for what's to come? Are you preparing yourself perhaps for an onslaught like we have not seen before? Not only economically, but spiritually. Are you ready for what's to come? There are more voices out there openly and loudly speaking against the cause of Christ than at least I can ever remember. And I don't expect it to get much better, do you? In fact, on the contrary, it will probably get worse. Are you ready for what's to come? Are you making preparations, children of God, people of faith? Are you making preparations in any way, shape, or form? Two years ago, many of us cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, teach us to pray. And I think most of us were pretty serious about it when we said, Lord, teach us to pray. Somewhere around 240 of us went through a 40-day fasting and prayer time two years ago. And that still is a high point in my life. Lord, teach us to pray. We focused that year, if you'll recall, on 2 Chronicles 7.14, If my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Powerful verse. If, then. Lord, teach us to pray. We're still on that journey, learning to pray. At least I hope we are. We always will be on that journey, this side of heaven. It's a lifelong endeavor. Lord, teach us to pray. With that in mind, on February 28th, March 1st, and March 2nd, here at Grace Point, we will be having a prayer revival. As far as I know, we've never done anything like that. A prayer revival. Now, just saying that scares some people. But we're going to do it anyway. A prayer revival. And I'm personally excited about this because I am still asking the Lord from the bottom of my heart, from the depths of my soul, Lord, teach me to pray. Help me to become a man of prayer. We're on a journey together to become a house of prayer here 
My house shall be called a house of prayer. We're on that journey together. And I hope and pray that all of us will take full advantage of the prayer revival that is coming. It's just another step. Another step, if you will, on really being able to say to God, like Isaiah did, here am I, send me. It's true, we face difficult, uncertain times. Are you ready for what's to come? Lord, teach us to pray. Draw us nearer, Lord. Draw us nearer. In the last number of weeks, I've spoken to many people inside and outside this church that seem to have a serious problem. A serious spiritual problem, to be honest. And and considering the fact that we are facing and are in uncertain times, that scares me, if I can just be totally honest. It scares me when I see a number of God's people having spiritual problems. This serious spiritual problem that I find more than, than I would like is summed up by this, a lack of faith. Many people in the church these days have a lack of faith. I want us to do a little experiment this morning. Let's just say it's a mental experiment. That's Don't worry, I won't hurt you. A little mental experiment here. Now think with me now. Think about that issue in your life, that situation in your life that is weighing most heavy on you these days. That, that problem that is just weighing you down day after day after day, and you can hardly stand it. Let's call it the elephant in the room that's always there. That, that situation that seems impossible. Impossible to resolve, at least up till now. Do you have that thing in mind? Think with me about that situation in your life. Do you, do you have that in mind? With that in mind, let me ask you a question now. Let me ask us a, a question, because I have mine in my mind. Let me ask us a question. Do we believe, do we have faith to believe that right now God can perform a miracle, that He can actually perform a miracle in our lives and set us free from that burden? You know, there's people sitting here today that right now in their minds are saying, I don't believe it because it hasn't happened. It's been so long. I just don't believe it. Some people that claim to be followers of Christ just simply don't think God can do what He says He can do. So one of the biggest hurdles we face to becoming a house of prayer, or one of the biggest hurdles we we face to to be in a position to say like Isaiah, here am I, send me, Father, is a lack of faith. I just don't believe that God can do it. He hasn't yet. And I have little or no encouragement to believe that He can or will do anything in my future to relieve what's going on in my life or to set me free from what I've been 
shackled with for so long. You know, when, when I think like that, when I hear people talk like that, here, here's, my, here's my reaction. Who do we think we are? I mean, we, we're just little puny human beings, I mean, if you will. In the presence of a holy, awesome Creator God. And we are dictating to Him how it should be in our lives, from our perspective. And if it doesn't happen the way we think it should, we write Him off. You see, it just doesn't work, Pastor Chuck. God can't do what He says He can do. At least He hasn't yet in my life. I'm not sure I can believe the Bible anymore. You add all that up, and it equals this, a lack of real faith in an almighty God. In Luke chapter 17, Luke chapter 17, third gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, New Testament, Jesus is talking to his disciples. Luke 17. Listen to what he says to his disciples. Jesus said to his disciples one day, things that cause people to sin are bound to come. But woe to that person through whom they come. It would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around his neck than for him to cause one of these little ones to sin. So watch yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times a day and seven times comes back to you back to you and says, I repent, forgive him. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read those verses, in my mind's eye, I can see the disciples sitting around listening to Jesus, and they sigh. Why is it, Jesus, that so many things that you say to us are just plain tough? Wow, I mean, forgive seven times a day or more if necessary, and they collectively sigh. And then in verse 5, they say, they muster up enough strength to say, Lord, increase our faith. I think what the disciples are saying there is this, Jesus, unless you increase our faith, we can't do this stuff. And I would submit to you, brothers and sisters, that we can't either. Lord, increase our faith. Let's say it together. Lord, increase our faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And that's the problem with faith. There isn't much concreteness, if you will, wrapped up in faith. It's stuff that we can't see. It's stuff that we hope for. It's faith in a God that we've never seen. See, the attitude is this. It should be this. I don't see how God is going to help me out of this mess, but I have faith to believe He will. And I'm going to claim it and live like it. And all the people said, that's not always easy for folks like us who believe that seeing is believing. Lord, increase our faith. Let's say it together. Lord, 
increase our faith. This morning, I want to give you seven steps to increased faith. I'm almost embarrassed. No, okay, I'll say it. I am embarrassed to even say some of these seven things. <laughs> They're so basic. They're so... I mean, when I say them, you're, you're going to think this. Well, duh! That's what you're going to think. But I, I submit to you that if you do these seven things, if you do these seven things on a regular basis, your faith will be increased. See, if we are really going to be a house of prayer or people of prayer, if we are going to truly be prepared to say to God, here am I, send me, then He's going to have to increase our faith. There's just too many of us in the church, I mean the church, there's just too many of us that just flat don't believe that God can do what He says He can do. And I say, shame on us. Lord, let's say it together, increase our faith. Seven steps to increased faith. First one's this. The first step is to recognize your own helplessness and need. A lot like what we talked about last week when we said that we are all desperate for God. But in order to increase our faith, we must understand and recognize our own helplessness and need. One writer said this, Helplessness united with faith produces prayer. Helplessness for the children of God, helplessness in a situation, helplessness united with faith produces prayer. Helplessness is the first step in the ladder of faith. The first step, I need God. I have faith that He can help me. I'm helpless. Jim Symbola said this, I discovered an astonishing truth. God is attracted to weaknesses. He can't resist those who humbly and honestly admit how desperately they need Him. See, far too often, I think, we are in the messes we are in because we have tried to deal with them on our own without God's help. We have tried to fix things in our lives according to, according to our human understanding. We have tried to deal with those messes in our lives the way the secular world, if you will, says to deal with them. And we have, in many cases, cut out God in the equation. You know what happens? Things just get messier and messier and messier. And we scratch our heads... And we say, where's God? Truth is, we are helpless. We've got to start there. We are helpless. We need God. Apart from God, we can't do much. Is that it? Apart from God, we can do nothing. That's where we have to start in this faith venture. We, as competent human beings, we have to, in, in some ways, set that aside and say, God, I desperately need you. If we live like that, we won't take one step into our mess without first consulting God. I desperately need you. 
The first step is to recognize our need and our helplessness before God. Lord, let's say it together, increase our faith. The second step, oh, here's one of those duh things. The second one is feed your soul on the Word of God. (laughs) Romans says, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the Word of Christ. Colossians says, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. The more we are in the Word, the more our faith grows. Period. One writer calls the promises of God faith vitamins. I like that. The Word of God that makes us healthy and strong. Faith vitamins. Let me ask you something. Especially those of you here today that that don't quite believe that God can make the difference in your situation. Let, Let me just talk to you a minute. Are you consistently spending time, quality time in God's Word? Has it become a a lifestyle habit for you, being in God's Word? If not, what do you expect? What do you expect, brothers and sisters? Get into God's Word. It It is one of those basics that if we aren't practicing the discipline of Scripture in our lives, hey, we might as well throw our hands up and say, I'm out of here. Feed your soul on the Word of God. Repeat this together. Lord, increase our faith. The third step to increased faith is this. Oh, here's another one. Spend adequate time in prayer. Communicate with God on a regular basis. Ask Him to define for you what adequate means. What is adequate prayer? Time in prayer for me. Well, just do it. Spend time praying to God and asking Him to invade your life. Develop this intimate relationship with Him through through prayer. I'm excited about an experiment that we're going to do later this year. Two years ago, we fasted for 40 days. Last year, we read the Bible through together as a family. This year we're going to do a 60-day experiment. I'll tell you more about it later, but it's a prayer experiment. Probably going to start the 1st of September and go for 60 days. Maybe start a little earlier, but I am really excited about this. Whenever it happens, it will help us on our journey as we learn to pray. Be be watching for this, a 60-day prayer experiment. I can't wait till this thing starts. But let me ask you something. Especially those of you that are here today that aren't sure that God can actually do what He says He can do in your life. Are you spending daily quality time in prayer? In intimate communication with God? If not, what do you expect? It's part of what we do. It's part of who we are. We are prayers. Spend adequate time in prayer. Let's say it together. Lord... Increase our faith. The fourth step to increased faith is this. Read accounts of how God has answered prayer. Do you know that people write books on answers to prayer? You've got to find one and just read through it. It's a blessing. 
Sometimes I read books like that or I read an article that has a, an answer to prayer in it and I just say, yeah, go God. And it just kind of helps me in my life to say, you know what, God can answer my prayer too. So another, another step to increased faith is listen to others' answers to prayer. Richard Harvey is one of the founders of Youth for Christ. When Richard was a senior in college, he witnessed a very unusual answer to prayer that impacted him for the rest of his life up to this point. He says that the most popular course in his college was a chemistry course taught by a professor named Dr. Lee. Dr. Lee was a very creative professor. Students loved to take his class. But Dr. Lee, every the last class period before the Thanksgiving break, he would always spend a whole class period lecturing against prayer. He would conclude his lecture every year with a challenge to anyone who still believed in prayer after his lecture. He said this, Is there anyone here who still believes in prayer? But before you answer, here is what I'm going to ask you to do. I will take a glass flask and hold it out. And if you believe that God answers prayer, I want you to stand up and pray that when I drop the flask, it won't break. Well, no one ever stood up. In 12 years, no one stood up to Dr. Lee's challenge until one year. A Christian freshman heard about what happened every year in Dr. Lee's class. And for some reason, he felt the Lord leading him to go to class that day. He wasn't even taking the class. To go to that class and to challenge or to accept the challenge from Dr. Lee. He didn't want to do it. We couldn't get away from it because the students all talked about the lecture against prayer. So he did. He went to the class. Dr. Lee did the same lecture. And at the end of the lecture, he said, anyone still believe in prayer? And this Christian freshman stood up. The professor said, well, this is most interesting. Let's be reverent while the young man prays. Go ahead. Go ahead and pray. The young man stood up lifted his face to heaven and prayed this, God, I know you hear me. Please honor the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, and honor me, your servant. Don't let the flask break. Amen. Dr. Lee stretched out his arm, opened his hand, and let the flask fall. The flask, unexplainably, fell toward his foot, landed on his foot, rolled over and did not break. At that, the class erupted in clapping and shouting and whistling at the miracle that they, were, that they had witnessed in that class. Oh yeah, Dr. Lee never did that lecture again after that. But that answer to prayer for a lifetime encouraged this, young, this man that had helped start Youth for Christ. We, we must share our answers to faith. We need to be encouraged. So another step to increased faith is to listen to the prayers, the answered prayer testimonies of people around us. Lord, let's say it together, increase our faith. The fifth step to increased faith, oh, here we go again, this is another one. Obey God in everything. 
Obey God in everything. You see, any hidden disobedience, let me say that again, any hidden disobedience will block faith and effective prayer. Somebody say amen. Let me ask you something. Especially those who don't think that God can do what He says He can do in your life these days. Are you obeying God in all things? Is there something between your soul and the Savior? Is there something, is there unresolved sin or is there unresolved something in your lives that is between God and you? Brothers and sisters, if that's true, why would you expect answers to prayer? God has set this up and we are to pray in obedience. We are to to obey God in all things by the grace of God. I'm not saying being perfect. I'm just saying live a life that's obedient to the Father. And then prayers get through and God answers the prayers. This Christian freshman was a young man that had faithfully followed God most of his young life and trusted God to the core of who he was. He believed in prayer because he'd seen it work. And it worked in his life. He lived a life of obedience to God in all things. Obey God in everything. Lord, let's say it together, increase our faith. The sixth step to increased faith is to begin to trust God for specific answers. I think a lot of times we pray too broadly, too generally. Lord, help my family. Amen. Well, help your family do what? I mean, Lord, help me at work today. Amen. Help you at work what? Pray more specifically, more for you than for God, so that you can see God working powerfully in your life. Pray more pinpoint prayers. I was reading a magazine not too long ago, and I read a prayer, or I read an answer to prayer that a young couple had. It was very interesting. This young couple had not been married too long, and they both lost their jobs. They were both without work. They had a little cash reserved, and they were living on, and it was about gone. On the way home from looking for a job one day, the young man stopped at the grocery store and bought a half a pound of hamburger and some milk. That was all the money he had. Took it home and gave it to his wife and they together made two little hamburger patties and sat down to eat supper. They called it their last supper. (laughs) And as they sat there, they looked at their hamburger patty and looked at each other and said, "Is, is this enough to pray over? They said, yeah, it's enough. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for what you provided for us. And then the young man prayed by you. He used a word in his prayer that he rarely ever used in his life. It was the word staples. He didn't use the word staples that much. He said, Lord, would you give us the staples of life, bread? We pray for our daily bread. We thank you for what you've given us. But Lord, give us the staples of life. Amen. They started eating. The first bite he took, he felt something in his mouth. He pulled it out and it was one of these industrial strength staples. And he said, God, that's not quite what I had in mind. But then he thought, you know, maybe down at the store there's more staples in the ham- other hamburgers. I don't know. So he felt a responsibility to go back to the store and tell the manager. So he drove back to the store. 
met the manager, showed him the staples, and the manager right away said, would you please sign this waiver? He said, no, I'm not going to sign a waiver. I'm not going to sue you. I just want you to know you might want to check the rest of your, your, your hamburger. He said, no, please, would you just sign this waiver? No, I don't need to sign the waiver. Then the manager said, um, sir, if you'll sign my waiver, I'll let you take a cart and fill it up with food, whatever you want, and you can take it. And he says, give me the pen. Where do I sign? <laughs> and within an hour, within an hour, he was back home with far more than the staples of life. Do you think that that increased their faith? Now somebody might say, well, what happened after all the food was gone? Not the point! Not the point. I don't know if they got jobs. I assume they did. But God answered their prayer because they were specific. They they saw a specific answer to prayer. Begin to trust God for specific answers. Pray specifically. Let's say it together. Lord, increase our faith. The seventh step to increasing faith is to begin praising God. Did you know that God deserves our praise? Do you know that God inhabits the praise of His people? We spend, I mean, let's admit it, we spend a whole lot more time asking God for stuff than we do praising Him for who He is. And and, and one way to increase our faith is to just spend time praising God for the things He's already given us. Let's practice. Let's just think together now, some of us, let's just think. What are some things that we can all praise God for? Anybody, just call it out, anything. Pardon me? Good health, okay, what? Beauty of the day, day. that's a sunny day out there. Family, okay, anybody else? Something we can all thank God for. Friends? Life, how about life? Someone in the first service said love. We can, we can thank God for the love, for His love that He gives us through His Son, Jesus Christ. We can all thank God for Jesus Christ. We can thank God for the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, folks, it doesn't take too much to think of things that we can praise God for. Why don't we try this? Why don't we take one day a week? We could do this. Just one day a week. It doesn't matter. You pick the day. And that day, the only thing you do is praise God. You don't ask Him for anything. You don't complain to Him about anything. You just praise God all day. Can you do that? One way to increase our faith is to begin praising God. And if you have a hard time thinking of something to praise Him for, there are praise verses in the book here, the book of God, the Bible. Read them. Write them on a card and praise those. Like this one. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. We can all pray that. I don't care how good you look, you're wonderfully made. Praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. Begin praising God. Lord, let's say it together. Increase our faith. Seven steps to increased faith. Brothers and sisters, God has laid out a plan, a path for you and me to walk along. If we are faithful to the plan, we are going to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and our faith will be increased. Do you believe that, brothers and sisters? 
This morning we have the privilege of participating together in the Lord's Supper. Something else that is an act of faith. Something else that can increase our faith as we think back to what God, through His Son Jesus Christ, did for us. It's a remembering service. We remember what God did for us through His Son Jesus Christ. And those that are going to help pass out the elements, if they would come at this time, in our church, everyone is welcome to participate in, in Holy Communion. If you are a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, everyone, you don't have to be a member of the church. If you choose not to receive communion, just pass the elements on. It's okay. And hold the elements. We'll receive them together. As we wait, as we wait together, let us ask God to prepare our hearts. Let's pray a moment. Father, we do acknowledge You. We acknowledge that we desperately need You. Lord, increase our faith. Prepare our hearts as we receive the Lord's Supper. In Jesus' name, Amen.